2: Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host, here, Joe Redman. Just letting you know that the Talksport fan network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus Rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18+, be gambleaware.org.
0: NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town.
2: what a Burnley, Scott Arfield, he's been threatening that recently and all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Oh, what a goal, what a goal from Robbie Blake, Burnley's first goal in the Premier League It's something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery.
0: It's the path of McCann and the first! Thank you, Nick! What a strike from
1: Wade Elliott! A bolt from the Clarendon Blue! Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that! Pure quality!
0: Mike Convoy. Still time for a winner, maybe. John Francis. They came to
2: York in their thousands. They're going home the champions. I mean if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. No! Yeah! Michael Kelly! Oh that's fine! That is justice! At the Avic Stadium! Burnley a level and deserve to be! Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redman, ahead of this weekend's first trip to the Northeast. Well, the red and white part of the Northeast. Uh, for a good few years, um, I can't remember exactly last time I went. I'd say around four years ago, five years ago. I remember the game; it went nil-nil. Sam Vokes missed a, a one-on-one chance. I was actually sat in the Sunderland end, but that's a different story. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to this one. It's going to be a good one. It's been a while since I've been up in Sunderland. I lived up there for a year when I went to university up there, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm going up with Simon and his lad, um, so I can't wait for this one. It's going to be a good one. Um, and one that, you know, it, it, we should win, but Sunderland, they have decent players and a decent sort of setup. Obviously, they've got uh, Tony Mowbray there now, who, you know, we had the better of when he was at Blackburn, but, um, you know, he's no mug. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that. I have got a Sunderland fan waiting in the wings, uh, so it is just, isn't just going to be one where I talk to myself for a little bit. I've kind of stopped doing them now, as you notice. I didn't do a one. I didn't do a pre-game show ahead of the Birmingham game because I couldn't get a Birmingham fan. I thought no one wants to listen to me on my own talking about Birmingham because I ain't got a clue uh, about Birmingham. So. I couldn't offer anything, really. Um, but, yeah, uh, just quickly going into that game, actually, disappointed to to throw away another 1-0 lead. Honestly, if we'd have kept hold of the, the what is it, the five games that we've thrown away um, when being ahead, um, probably more than that, I haven't I haven't got that stuff to the top of my head, but we would be running away with the league. Um, but yet again, we've gone in front, and yet again, we've conceded. Um, I'd say quite late on, but it wasn't that late, was it? I think it was around the you know, 75th minute, something like that. but. Um quite early after we um had scored, um, which which was a worry. But that seems to be our situation at the minute. If if we are on song, we will blow teams away, like we saw against Sunderland, uh, not Sunderland, sorry, Swansea. Hopefully we'll see against Sunderland. Um, like we saw against Wigan. Um and Bristol City to a certain extent, we didn't blow them away, but we really turned the screw against them. We didn't sit back after we went ahead uh and then and then conceded. We didn't sit back against Bristol City, we went at them again. Um Blackpool sat back, West Brom sat back, Preston sat back, Cardiff sat back, Stokes sat back. There's a pattern. There's a pattern. Um, but we need to start we need to start putting these games to bed. Um because just looking at the lead table, obviously we're down to third now. We did go top briefly, and we we're replaced by a team that we won't mention, um, who are now currently second after their their beat Sunderland actually in midweek at home, admittedly. Um, but an impressive result nonetheless. Um it seemed quite a run of the mill victory um for them, but we'll get into that in a second. But QPR have gone top since after winning last night because I'm recording this on Thursday. Obviously, we unfortunately couldn't manage to hold on against Birmingham City. But just uh, all the usual things. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the channel if you're listening on the podcast and you want to watch us. Head over to YouTube, search for Turfcast, you'll find us on there. If you already are subscribed, just give the video a like. That will help the algorithm. And as usual, uh please click the link in the description if you want to join the turfcast podcast fantasy football game as I've mentioned before several times it's with fan slide. so it doesn't matter if you join in late it's on a game by game basis the league table starts every time uh, and they do have prize pots um for, for for paying customers but if you are paying please remember to gamble responsibly. the turf cast table will be free and all is free sorry and always will be free but we'll be offering prizes and i said i'd do it in october this this prize it's now what the 20th yeah the 20th i've got 11 days i promise you i will do a prize one um in october i'm gonna bring a sunderland fan in now and it is graham fork and he's from the what the fork podcast how you doing mate
0: yeah not too bad um a bit frustrated in terms of the, the the midweek game. I'm sure we'll get into it, but um, looking forward to the game. It's it's a nice season for us, which I'm sure we'll get into. It's a, not a free hit, but it's it's nice not to be in League One. Is the long story short?
2: Yeah, I bet. I bet. Obviously, spent a few years down there, but now back in the well, I'm going to say big time. It's not big time, is it? Let's be honest. But back 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 in the top two leagues, you know, it's an improvement on League One. Um, yeah. How's your season gone so far then? Because I, I look at Sunderland at the start of the season, I like, hey, Sunderland might be pretty decent here, and obviously. We'll get into the Alex Neal situation in a minute, we'll talk about that, but I'm just looking at your results now and thinking, you're probably in, not horrendous form, but just looking at your last results, obviously lost against Blackburn this weekend. Uh, this week, beat Wigan though, but then lost at Swansea, drew at Blackpool, drew at Preston, everyone draws at Preston, yeah. uh, a, 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 a decent point away at Watford and then beating Reading 3-0 and stuff like that, lost it in, in like... A, you know, quite a big rivalry up there with Middlesbrough. I know, I know Middlesbrough see it as big as what you do, uh, bigger than mm-hmm. what you do. Um, but yeah, it seems a little bit indifferent to me, the Sunderland form. Is that, is that a fair comment?
1: Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. I'm pretty certain, don't quote me on this, but I'm sure it's like won five, drew five, lost five. So it's like literally the most inconsistent team or consistent, if you prefer, um, in the league. But there is reasons behind it. And, and I think there's two ways to look at the season. Like I'm, I'm very chilled out because... At the beginning of the season, I think Sunderland fans are really realistic. Of course, we see ourselves as a Premier League team because of our history. Um, that, in my opinion, makes sense. 100 years of history, only four or five of them outside of the top two leagues. But we understand where we come from. We understand how long it took us to get out of that division. And I would have been happy with 15th. But the way we started the season was, um, if not like a train, really impressively. Like, it wasn't like... Well, here we go, we, we're going to get automatically promoted, not at all. But you suddenly started saying, there's not much in this division that's actually bothered me or impressed me, if I'm completely honest. And I think the levels of difference between League One and, and, and the Championship are not as big as we thought, although they are obviously bigger. Um, but there's been things that have happened. You know, Our first four games, I think, we we conceded really late at Coventry, which I know their league form because of the games they're behind is not great. I think they're still sitting bottom or second bottom, but Coventry a decent side just outside the playoffs. And then we went to Bristol City. We won 3-2 Bristol City. We were 2-0 against QPR with three minutes to go. Lo and behold, their first shot on target, free kick from 30 yards out goes in, and their goalkeeper scores a diving header in the 93rd minute. Um, and then we go and beat Stoke. And you think, well, that's, you know, um, two wins out of four we've drew the other two, we haven't lost a game yet, and you, you suddenly start going, you know, like, if we can keep this form going for the next six or eight games, you never know, we could make a push for the playoffs because there was people who said, you know, something with momentum, the the fan base and yada, 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 maybe they could be the surprise package of the season. And whilst many fans didn't think that, we thought, well, potentially. But the first problem was Alex Neal walks out.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I'm... I, I like to be as fair as I possibly can. I, I cannot understand why he would have gone to Stoke necessarily, but it, it happened. Um, it did happen. It was a bit of a shock at the time. Well, a huge shock, if I'm honest. Um, it seemed to happen sort of overnight. Naturally, that can cause a little bit of unrest because you start going, "Well, why has he gone to Stoke?" And the hierarchy, most people are in favor of, but there is some people who question certain things because we've had we've had a few seasons of. I mean, everyone's seen Netflix, the second part of the documentary. I think they will understand why we might be a little bit nervous about potential new owners and recruitment. Um, Like I say, there's a Netflix documentary to prove why you would be a bit unsure. But everyone was really united. Um, We did get beat off Norwich, but we hit the bar three times and then they brought on like a ridiculously good set of players in Pookie and Cantwell for this level. Done us 1-0, that was our first defeat of the season. But then we we recovered really well. Um, Mowbray came in and wasn't too bad at all. I think he won his first game 3-0 against Rotherham. Rotherham at the time I don't think had lost a game um, so we were happy with that and you start going, oh well maybe you know, the, we all are united behind this That the, the good thing was, whilst I wasn't completely against Alex Neal most of the fan base kind of were. Um, it was a bit of a snake, a bit of a dafty if you want for going to, to Stoke and, and that kind of actually united us a little bit and it was kind of like, well FM essentially, this is Sunderland. Yeah. And you know, we're not gonna let it um we're not gonna let it derail us. And then eight minutes before we kick off against Middlesbrough, Ross Stewart tears Steiger gets a grade three Tay in the warm-up. Um and then we didn't sign any strikers on deadline day, so we're left with one striker, we play with two. Um, lo and behold, the next game, uh Ellis Sims basically damages, I think, something in his toe, which has had him out since. We've coped. We've done all right. We got a draw at Watford. We've beaten Wigan. um, We beat Redden 3-0 in that particular game where Sims got injured. But we've played the last nine games without a recognised centre-forward. We're playing basically four midfielders up front who just alternate. Um, So it's a case of the season's fine. If you'd given me this at the start of the season, no problems. Um, More than happy. But there's an underlying frustration that you think if the recruitment team had just signed a striker and there was just somebody there to fill that void whilst the two were injured, would we have won more games? There's a couple of games you'll probably see recently, the the nil-nils against Blackpool and Preston. We would have won them with a striker on the pitch, especially if it was Ross Stewart. We're sitting 12th, 13th, which is, is fine. It's completely fine. But there's an element of frustration that we probably could have been pushing more towards the playoffs if AL players didn't get injured if we didn't have the turmoil well of a manager leaving, although that sorted itself out and it's fine, and if if we'd just signed a striker, someone to just hit, essentially. Um, but all in all, I'm, we're happy, but every fan's ambitious and every fan thinks that we could have probably done slightly better than we're doing if we had a few things going our favour.
2: Yeah, I think we can relate to that as Burnley fans. I think you know a few more things. Again, going, I think, I think for us, it's mainly a case of shooting ourselves in the foot rather than having unlucky scenarios like injuries and things like that. And of course, a manager walking out—that's through no fault of your own. Um, but obviously, you mentioned the manager there. We'll get onto the injuries to Sims and and, and the other lad in a minute. Um, obviously, two different managers since the start of the season. Obviously, Alex Neil, as you mentioned, walked out to Stoke, uh, former. Um, Rovers manager Tony Morbury's come in. Um, what's, what's, what's the difference in style like? Is it quite similar or, is, or has Morbury come in and tried to change it? Oh, because I know Morbury got a lot of stick from Blackburn fans, mainly towards the end of his tenure. I think maybe the fans were starting to get a little bit frustrated, as you do. Every manager's got a lifespan, even Sean Dyche. Burnley fans are getting a bit fed up with him after nine years. Um, wh- what's he done? What's he done? Is he come in? Has he rejuvenated the squad? Has he changed the system? But what, what's he done since he's come in?
0: I mean, I was a, a huge Alex Neil fan. Um, I still am in terms of him as a manager. Obviously, questions about him leaving and and yada, yada, but I won't bore you with that too much, I think. And maybe this is the benefit of of kind of the the structure that Sunderland have. Um, Not all fans are on board with it. I have questions about it, but essentially our structure as a team is we have a head of recruitment, which is Christian Speakman, who was instrumental in bringing the likes of Jude Bellingham through at Birmingham. Um, He's brought in a good crop of good young players that I like, anywhere between 18 and 24 that are going to get better with us, hopefully going to improve us. And then you can potentially sell them for a, a good profit. That that tends to be the, what we do. Um, the sporadic 30 year old sign-ins in there, like Corey Evans is in there, obviously ex-Blackburn Rovers we brought in, Danny Barr, obviously we brought in from Stoke last season as well, but in the main it's that. And because the recruitment's mainly done by other people, what we probably needed was someone like a Tony Mowbray to come in. I wasn't sold on him. I'm not going to lie. He's, I've, I've got no issue with Middlesbrough, if I'm honest. Um, but he, he didn't pull up trees in Middlesbrough. I live in Scotland. He's not very well liked at Celtic. Um, but Blackburn fans, you know, they said he'll do all right. He'll get you to a And I thought, well, that will probably benefit us. Um, he's done fine. Um, I actually really like him. He speaks really well. And I think it, it's a really tough job for him to have come in after what happened with Alex Neal, it would have been quite easy for Sunderland to completely implode. It was a very Sunderland thing to happen. Um, yeah. Alex Neal lost two games in 20-odd. He's the reason, in my opinion, we got promoted from League One. People disagree with me on that, but Alex Neal was a great manager. He'll do really well with Stoke, and it pains me to say that. But Tony Moebrick come in, he's, he steadied the ship, and he's, he's unfortunately been dealt a, a tough hand with the striker situation. Um, there's not much he can do to change things at the minute. Um, he's a little bit stubborn. He keeps persisting with players at the moment that maybe he could maybe change it around. We've got, you know, an all right squad. It's a little bit stubborn. Blackburn fans told us he was a little bit stubborn. Um, but maybe the benefit of the way Sunderland work is that you can maybe bring in a new head coach and it's quite seamless. It sort of stays the same. I think that's that's the plan that if a manager does move, you can bring another one in and things stay the same. So the style and the way we play, I'd say we're probably slightly more attractive and less pragmatic than we were. Under um, under Alex Neal, I think Alex Neal was a bit more pragmatic. It was horses for courses, different games, different tactics, which I personally like. Tony Mowbray's obviously got a style, which is a bit more possession-based. possession based. Um, It's a lot easier on the eye under Tony Mowbray. It looks nicer. Um, does it yield the same amount of results? It's hard to judge because, yes, Alex Neal was undefeated in the four games he had here, but would he have still have lost as many games as Tony Mowbray did if he lost all of his strikers and... It, it's hard to judge. Long story short, I really really Alex Neil. I was devastated. He went, I'm not going to lie, that I wasn't devastated. I'm still a little bit rankled by it because I really liked him as a manager and as a man. Um, but Tony Mobley's been fine. He surprised me. I thought it was a bit of an uninspired performance, but he's a bit like a nice a nice granddad that he can go to for advice and that kind of a, maybe a positive, maybe something the young boys need. And and, and there's not many grumbles in the Sunderland fan base, if any.
2: Yeah, fair enough. I, I felt like he was given a bit of a hard deal at at, at Rovers as well. Obviously, he, he had to deal with the Venkies, for example. Yeah. Um, so I, I do feel sorry for any manager that has to do with that. Although, yes. hopefully, they stay pretty much indefinitely and and don't sell up anytime soon. (laughs) Um, But he's one of the managers that you're not going to go down with him. I'd be very, very, very surprised if Sunderland went down with Tony Mowbray, which the first couple of seasons, well, first season, definitely, that's what you want and then then kick on from there. Um, However, saying that, um, you have lost, sorry, you haven't won in your last six games, obviously lost 2-0 at the weekend. Sorry, you've won one in your last six games is what I meant to say. Obviously, beat Rovers, uh, sorry, got beat by Rovers, then beat Wigan, but then uh, beat Oswans, drew at Blackpool, drew at Preston, uh, against Preston, sorry, Watford before, obviously the, the the game before that where you beat Reading 3-0, which in itself is a very impressive result, by the way, because Reading no. have started well. Um, but is there a case of now you're sort of like not looking over your shoulder, but kind of getting a little bit anxious about about not winning as many games as you were at the start of the season, or are you still comfortable that you'll, that you'll be fine?
0: It's so tight um, in the league. I think it's it's hard not to be a bit concerned that you could get dragged into something, and it's also hard not to get excited about potentially winning a few games, and getting dragged into a promotion race, um, which is probably going back to the the frustration side of it before. And um, if I'm completely honest, like we've competed in every game, um, yeah. which I think is what a lot of us said. You know, like be competitive and and be relatively safe in fifteenth to eleventh. Obviously, some people are a bit more ambitious than that, especially when we started so well, but. Um, the Preston game, if a striker's playing, we'll win it. It's, it's simple, simply put, that's what we're missing as a, as a striker. And I think the problem we've got is it looks like Ellis Sims is definitely not fit for um, Saturday. There's rumours he might be alright for the game against Luton the week after. And whilst it, we would prefer Ross Stewart because he's far and wide our best player, um People who haven't watched something that often will probably be surprised me saying this, but he's one of the best strikers in the league, in my opinion. Um, he's got absolutely everything. He's still in a really good age as well. We miss him dearly. Um, with Ross Stewart, we're far higher up the league, but even with a striker, we maybe win a few more. Um, the Redden game was a bit of a weird one because tremendous result based on how they've done. Um, and that was the game where Sims got injured. So... We were nil-nil and Sims got injured on like 30 minutes, and then we scored two just before half time. And then we scored a goal, I think, which everyone saw, which was like 20 passes or eight passes, sorry, in yeah, 20 yeah, seconds. Yeah, Up for goal of the month, and that was unbelievable. In a really weird way, I think Redden had prepared to play against a team with a striker, and then we had played prepared to play it with a striker and then had to change it. And I don't think they knew how to deal with it. Um if you see all the goals come from like counter-attacks, but we actually were dominant in the game in terms of possession. Um, But I just don't think they expected what came. I don't think we expected it as fans. And it ended up where we just absolutely murdered them. They're probably the worst side we've come up against them and and Preston. Uh, The Blackpool game, we were a little bit poor second half, but with a strike on the pitch, we probably would have been outside in the first half. Um, The Blackburn game, really frustrating. Um, Blackburn fans might disagree, um, but... You're wrong. I'm sure you won't mind me saying that on the Burnley show. Well, uh, I, it,
2: there was definitely a penalty that you should have had. I saw hmm. that, which I think there, there then went up the other end and, and scored. Not that I watched Blackburn games, but I saw uh, a few Sunderland <laughs> yeah. fans whinging on Twitter. I thought I'll have a look yeah. at this, and it, it looked a penalty to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, definite pen. And, and a few people said when you when you slow back, you can see and is it hard in real time? I said at the time, I actually said as I was watching on the telly, I says they're going to go and score this. Sitting watching my fiance to go and score, and lo and behold, Diaz goes and bangs in a, a worldly. But he doesn't get that chance if the penalty is given correctly. And the second goes offside. Um, it wasn't a brilliant performance from us, don't get me wrong. It was kind of a nil-nil written all over it. I didn't think much of Blackburn. I find it unbelievable that they are second in the league. They look nothing like the side that. To me, looks like I get promoted. I mean, this might get recorded and played back at the end when they won the league, but hopefully not for your sake. Um, yeah, if
2: if Blackburn win the league, I'll delete my channel, mate. Don't worry about. it. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <in> <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you take me out, of a, take me out of a hole there. But um, we haven't played that bad, if I'm honest, and, and that kind of that does benefit. I think the the one thing at the minute is this growing frustration. Tony Mowbray spoke about it in the the, the press conference after the game, uh, the post match. Sorry, he said. If I've got a striker, I think i win that game. I think the result might be different. Patrick Roberts spoke about it in the the Echo today, the local paper about the lack of strikers. It was kind of an unwritten, unspoken about thing within the squad and the players. A lot of it was, oh, we didn't feel we needed another striker on deadline day. We've got players that can score goals, yada, yada, yada. And now the management is long, alongside the fans and some of the players are still going, if we had a strike, that might have been different. So there's a little bit of frustration creeping in towards recruitment over the fact that we said we probably need a third striker, or a lot of people did, and then we didn't get third striker, and then both strikers got injured, and then it gets really frustrating. and then it's kind of like, Well, I told you that was gonna happen. Like we are something that's bound to happen. Like the reason we told you to sign a striker was because we knew this would happen. Um, but in terms of worried about looking over our shoulders, yes, a little a little bit, a little bit because the league is so tight, you're three defeats away from being bottom of the league almost. Um but I think Sunderland fans are definitely looking up. We're hoping that Sims is going to be back. Not, He's definitely not fit for Saturday. Hopefully he'll be back for um, the weekend after against Luton. He's not been hugely impressive. Um, he started well and then kind of tailed off, but he's a big focal point. And then Ross Stewart should be back after the World Cup. And I think as long as we can tread water, which is a big question, that's a big question. You know, Ask me in a few weeks if we've lost a couple more games. That I might give you a different answer, but... I'm hoping we can pick up enough points until we get one striker back. And then once Ross Stewart comes back, if we're in a 12th, 11th to 12th, I'd say, you know, no reason we can't at least aim for the playoffs. And if we miss, if you aim for the stars, I think it is, isn't it? And miss, then it's fine. Um, It's a bit of a free hit of a season. I think we'll be okay.
2: Yeah, I I do think he'll be okay. But any more injuries pile up, and uh, yeah, you could be looking over your shoulder a little bit, but I don't think that will be the case. We can kind of, again, relate to that. We wanted to sign another striker. We've been quite fortunate because Jay Rodriguez hasn't picked up an injury. But I felt if Jay got injured and we had to rely on Ashley Barnes then uh, I love Ashley. I just think he's past it. Um, then, then yeah, we would be a little bit worried uh, and a little bit short. top. So we have brought in Derby Soglu from Brentford, but we've not seen much of him uh, for whatever reason. Um, I also like to get people's opinions, opposition fans, uh, fans' opinions on Burnley and what they've done in the summer because obviously got relegated from the Premier League, um, got rid of Sean Dyche, Got rid of, I say, got rid of Mike Jackson. He's still here, but the guy that took over as caretaker and uh, with Ben Me yeah. when, we, when we tried to stay up. Um, brought in somebody completely different. Obviously, quite a big name. Vincent Company, massive in England, massive in Belgium. Probably recognized pretty much for all over Europe, if not the world, uh, his name. Um, and then we've brought in somebody completely different and played in a completely different style. We've had to let go of 12 players, bring in 16. Um, it's, it's it's a massive change for us and we're playing in a massively different way. Uh, we used to kind of like, uh, not I, I refuse to call it sort of like long ball tactics, but sort of like a, a compact defensive style with Sean Dyche and try and hit teams uh, with set pieces. Whereas now, it's possession-based play, which can be frustrating in a different way because we mm-hmm. have all the ball and then sometimes don't make any chances um, or create anywhere near enough chances. There have been a lot of games like that like this season. But then when it clicks, we look fantastic like we did against Swansea, but there's been more games and not where it hasn't clicked this season. Um, but what are your thoughts on what Burnley did during the summer and what, what they're trying to achieve with with everything that they've done?
0: I think it's really interesting. Um, obviously, we haven't been in the Championship for ages, forget the League One side of that. Like we came in the Championship and fell straight through it. So I feel like yeah. we've had one season in the Championship, which is a season I want to forget on the, over the past twenty years. But I'm, I'm gradually getting back to sort of grips with the the, the Championship and watching games. And if I'm honest with you, Burnley are one of the teams I've watched the most, not by choice, just by by chance. If I'm honest, um, and and I think Company's a really interesting appointment. I think he obviously is a person that's very easy to like. And I think that's massive. I think that's really important from a a player's perspective. I think it's really important from a fan's perspective. He seems quite a chirpy, quite a funny guy. There's a a few guys from my workplace. um, Obviously, I don't work with them directly, but the sports guys who work in the same company have dealt with him. And and one of them, I think, is the the Preston. um, He's a Preston correspondent. And he he stopped mid-press conference. And he said, has anyone ever told you? Like Timo Werner. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, it, was just, that.
0: Like, it was just great, and 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 I really like Vincent Kompany as a as a person. From what I see in the media, he seems like a really affable guy, and I think ultimately, very very similar to when we appointed Roy Keane. Different world entirely. We're, we're talking not going on twenty years ago now, but when Roy Keane was appointed, it was immediate respect. That's a Premier yeah. League winning captain. It's immediate respect, and you know when I speak to players that I played under Roy Keane, they just go, "I grew an inch." Like, I grew an extra inch in height. Like, I just, because Roy Keane. I think Company's a different personality. I think he's the same level of achievement and respect. He was Man City's captain that joined them before the Riches, stayed the whole way through, formed part of Pep Guardiola's teams, Pellegrini, um, and was one of the best centre offs we've seen in, in the Premier League era. So I think he naturally commands respect, and it's a case of, well, can he do it? Um, I think when I've watched Burnley, and I mean, it's hard to judge after 15 games because of how mad the league is. And I'm not just saying it because I'm on a Burnley channel. I think Burnley are the best side in the league. Um, From what I've seen, I think the way he's playing, the risk taken, I think is quite interesting because sometimes it doesn't work. I watched the game he played against Stoke and I could see what was going to happen. Mm. Things weren't really coming off, but I just think... It's clicking not 100% yet. Obviously, you did against Swansea. You were excellent against Swansea from what I've seen on the highlights, the extended highlights. But if you're where you are at the moment and playing as well as you are and people like me from the outside, I think, and you're the best side in the league, when this eventually clicks with company properly every single week, I don't think people are going to get near you. Um, it's weird looking through your team because I noticed Brownhill, I noticed Jack Cork. Um, and I'm kind of looking at it going well where's Eric Peters where's Ben Mee (laughs) whereas all these players Um, obviously you recognize Rodriguez as well and that sometimes doesn't work I think you brought in 16 players and and sometimes that doesn't work Um, it's too many and we had it with Roy Keane at at Sondland He brought in a load of players six on deadline day loads more in January and it worked for us Um, but there's always an element of risk but I think I think they've got a belief in company. I think the fans have as well. I don't see anyone yeah. from the outside um, looking in, thinking company was a bad appointment to begin with and then immediately got a great win against Huddersfield. You were very good on the opening day of the season. Um, and I also think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it felt like Burnley fans had like quite a bit of realism. Like I don't think he came down and went, we have to go straight back up automatically. Yeah, kind I, of I, th-
2: I think I'm like that. Um That there is there is a few I think a few fans have uh, have started to show a little bit of oh we should be beating teams like these and and, and to an yeah. extent I agree but like we're yeah. third in the league and people were complaining last night you know win your home games throw your away games and we'll be fine but I, th- I think some fans are getting frustrated with the way that we've been drawing some games so then the emotions you know they're not bringing themselves away from the emotions and just kicking off and saying oh we, we you know we should be yeah. winning this league comfortably like. Third, third's fine. It's October the 20th. Third third is more than okay. And then, and like, as you say, like this team will grow as it gets on. Like a lot of people yesterday, I put a tweet out saying not the worst, not the best day at the office, but you know, people, it's not as bad as people are making out and people responding saying there's concern because of this, you know, we shouldn't be doing this, that and this, but people have got to remember it's, it's a team that's 15 games old. You know, it's pretty much a brand new team with a brand new manager and a brand new style. We will get better as the season goes on. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of Burnley fans are quite realistic, but, you know, it's the same as usual, isn't it? Uh, the, uh, the People shout the loudest, get heard the most. And I think that's sometimes when you go on our hashtag after a, after a frustrating draw, you see some Burnley fans are like, oh, we should be running away with this league. But yeah, I do agree. I think the majority of Burnley fans are pretty realistic.
0: It's, it's, it's a tough league isn't it? and it's a big slog. And I think, you know, I've spoke to a few Burnley fans sort of sporadically over the season and you all say the same. It hasn't clicked 100% yet apart from the Swansea game. So if it hasn't clicked yet in you're third, but one player that, talking about your your, your business, you asked me about your transfer business, one player that sticks out like an absolute sore thumb to me every time I've watched Burnley. um, Looks like he can play with both feet. Looks like he can play on either side. Um, He looks... Above this level, I would pro- I don't know if he's on loan, I think he is. And the worry would be that he goes back to Southampton because they're not playing very well. But, um, Nathan Teller looks,
2: yeah, he's, he's fantastic, he, he has been. Josh Brownell, I've said to a lot of people, has been our best player this season. But I think Nathan Teller has been like the, the, the probably the most consistent. Brownell's had quiet games. Having yeah. said that, Teller was quiet against Birmingham, but it was double marked, triple marked at times. But it's weird with Teller because you can give him the ball and he can run with it, or you can just lump it all up forward, which isn't really our style anymore. But we have got a, a ball from the goalkeeper and scored a couple of goals doing this where he's just lumped it over their defence. Teller's ran onto it and just brought it down with a brilliant touch then we're in behind. Um, he is fantastic. But yeah, he is on loan. And some people are saying that um, there's been a few rumours that Southampton want him back. Um, hopefully that isn't the case. That would just derail our season entirely. Um, yeah. But a lot of Southampton fans, when he came, were like, oh, he's not that good. He has no end products. But now they're all going, oh, give him back, give him back. He's sensational. I love him. And I've got a little boy who's four. He's only ever been on one game. But like, I'm coming <laughs> home and I'm telling him about Nathan Teller. And I said to him the other day, I went, who's your favourite footballer right now? Who's your favourite Burnley player? Uh, Nathan Teller. And he started singing the Nathan Teller song, He's Nathan Teller, baby. So that's the effect he's having. Like a four-year-old has yeah. been on one game. It's his favourite player. But it's just it's just because he's he's such a good outlet. He he he, he runs at he runs at defenses. If teams play a high line, he's gonna get in behind you. It is as simple as that. Yeah,
0: he's a nice player to watch, and I think ultimately we pay to see our teams win, but if you can you always connect to a player, don't you? We've got Patrick Roberts which doesn't always come off for him, but he's exciting to watch. And and when yeah. I watch Nathan Teller, I'm from the outside looking in, I'm like, when he gets to the ball, I kind of go, I quite like watching him, actually. He looks like he's got two feet. Obviously, I hope that's not the case on Saturday, and I hope he um, accidentally maybe just does a, a little bit of a hamstring injury in the warm-up, but um, <laughs> he is a good he is a good player, and you can see it. And I think for someone who plays this position, quite often can be described as inconsistent. I haven't watched every game this season, but the games I've watched, he certainly looks consistent to me as well, which is, is a massive plus.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, probably the first quiet game he had was, was a game against Birmingham. But I think you know, like I said, he was triple marked, and uh, and hopefully you know, not every team does that, or or if every team does do that, company will look at it, show the lads a video, say do this, that, and this, and, and then we can compete against it next time. Um, but I do like to sort of like we'll hold off on predictions just yet. But I do like yeah. to sort of like get your opinion on how you think the game's going to be. Like, what style do you think you're going to play in? Because uh, we will play, we will probably have the majority of the ball. We'll pass it around the back a lot if we need to, which is the frustrating side of this game. But, you know, yeah, I understand what they're doing. They're waiting. Um, if you're going to press us, I don't know. I always say if teams press us, we will beat you. If teams come at us, we will beat you. But that's exactly what Birmingham did and we couldn't handle their press. Whereas Swansea, for example, they came at us, they pressed us. We passed it round and we're in behind. So it could be a little bit different this time. But, but what sort of game are you expecting Sunderland to play? Like, how are you expecting it to pan out?
0: I think without giving my prediction away early, I think probably my my concern with the game... On Saturday, I think it's going to be a different game because we're at home. I think if it was a turf move, it'd be a bit different. We'd probably be a bit more. We're not a defensive team, but I think we'd have a more defensive responsibilities for obvious reasons. I think at the stadium, like we'll, we'll go at you. And um, I think that's the way Tony Mowbray plays. He also is a possession-based manager. Um, again, the issue we have is there's nothing really to hit, so we play really nice football. Um, it's actually the best football I've seen us play in ages, and. That's why I think going back, like always got against Red, and why people were saying, "Oh God, it's like a Championship Barcelona and stuff like that." But we do regularly have passages of play like that. Um, we have got young, inexperienced Championship players in the team, like Dan is in the middle, cracking player, but it's his first season in the Championship it was only his first season last season. Um, mm-hmm. We do have injury problems, and um, probably our most informed defenders just been confirmed to be out for four weeks. We have no strikers, but I think I think we only know one way how to play at the minute, and that's to kind of get a team in an attack. I don't see us sitting back, and my concern with that is, does that leave us open? Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I think against us, you and I don't mean this like in a big-headed way, but when you look at the teams and who have got results against us this season, it's because, apart yeah. from Birmingham, really, it's because they've sat back. There were passages of play where Birmingham didn't sit back, to be fair, but it's because they've stopped, sat back, Cardiff, sat back, Coventry. All right, Coventry didn't get a result against us, but they probably could have earned a result against us. Preston, Blackpool. Um, no, Blackpool, actually, that's a bad example, but all the others are, are spot on. But they, they've sat back against us and frustrated us. Um, if you come at us, the, the, the two teams that have properly come at us Wigan and Swansea, and we we'll beat obviously Wigan 5-1 mm-hmm. uh, and Swansea and Swansea 4-0. So it's it's what but Birmingham, Birmingham, like I said, they pressed us very, very well. They pressed us, but they were very organized as well, and they had a very, very, very good midfield. Um, Hannibal, um, who's on loan from Man United, absolute massive prick. He was throwing himself to the ground and stuff <laughs> like that every every opportunity and waving imaginary yellow cars. But Few them, yeah, what, what, what yeah, what what a player he is. Um, so if your midfield is a good midfield. And you can press as well, then you might get some joy like Birmingham did. But if if you've got a weak midfield, then the likes of Court Cullen and Brownhill could could win that battle there, and then and then get us up the pitch, and then hopefully we, we, we attack from there.
0: I'd be confident against anyone with with a fit Ross Stewart, and, and that's kind of I feel like I keep going back to it, and I'm kind of repeating it. Um, but with Ross Stewart, it's just so important to how we play. It's kind of like we look good until we get to like near the final third. I trust it's against anyone going forward. We're not too bad defensively, if not the best. We're far from bad. Like one of our best players this season has been been Danny Bar. Dennis Serkin's come back in recently and, and scored an assisted the other day, but also was defensively really sound. But my worry is when we get to the final third, you see basically four number tens. Not really sure who to give it to. Yeah. And if you don't score, you don't you don't win. Um, and and do I feel like we can keep Burnley out? for 90 minutes with just sheer attack and play up until the final third? No, not really. Um, I think that the lucky thing is I was talking to a few guys in in my group chat. Burnley's a free hit for us. It's a total free hit. I don't think we expect to win. I don't think we expect to draw. I don't think we're kind of going expecting to get defeat, but I think if you lose, you kind of go decent side, different trajectory, different ambitions, maybe. Um, It's a free hit. and, And, you know, maybe that'll take the pressure off a little bit because, the only thing I would say is that any team coming to the stadium light, like, when the stadium light's rocking, and it has been over the past six to seven months, there's been a definite change in shift and attitude and people enjoy going to the game again, then, you know, we'll match anyone. Um, and I'd just against anyone fully fit squad, but we've, just, we've got no strikers. And, and what do you do with that? There's only so much we can do.
2: Yeah, I, I do agree with that about the stadium like. I've been several times, obviously, as I mentioned at the top of the show. I went to universities there. I, I was there when Steve Bruce actually got sacked. I think it was against Wigan, Wigan. wasn't it? I think he got beat against Wigan, one-nil or two-nil. Uh, and it was quite a yeah, it was quite a, a weird stuff because Burnley were playing at the time, but they were away from home. So I just stayed up in the northeast for uni. My yeah. dad had actually come up as well. So we went on the game and Burnley scored at the same time as, as Wigan scored. So I went, like, Yeah, get in. And I looked down and, and Wigan <laughs> are scoring, and I was sat in the home end, obviously. But yeah, if you get an early goal, for example, uh, uh, and get the crowd behind you, then then it, it could be tough for us. Um, I think I think we, hopefully, we, you know, we, we're experienced enough to be able to try and you know, keep his heads, heads and deal with it. But yeah, it's probably one of, if not the biggest stadium in, in the league, and and and, yeah. and when you are and when you are on on form, then yeah, it's probably going to be the toughest test in terms of of an opposition crowd, if 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 you are behind if we get an early goal and i don't think you'll go toxic i don't think that's like the kind of the way you are at the minute i think you've done too well recently to do that but yeah the reason why i reference that wigan game is because it was very 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 toxic so it can go quite bad it's the same for all these big stadiums in it with, with, with the clubs that um you know, probably not as high up as they should be in terms of size. Villa, Ellen Road, obviously Stadium of Light, St. James's Park. You know, that's been toxic over the last few years, apart from the last, what, 10 months. Um, predictions then? I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence. In fact, no, no, I'm not. i, I, I we're going to do it. I'm going to sit on the fence because I'm always predicting Burnley wins and it's always 1-1. So I predicted a 1-1 against Fonzie and 1-4-0, but I'll go with my head. Um, I, I am happy that you've got these these injuries. Um, that has given me a little bit more confidence, um, so I'm going to go. We, we do concede, you know, we don't concede too many, but we, you know, we are known to concede. We concede. Having said that, it's thirteen, thirteen goals, which is. Preston have conceded less. Rotherham have okay. conceded the same. So it's not that bad. Birmingham have conceded the same. So I, I were going to say you'll get a goal. I do still think you will because we're not the best in the air. I don't know what you're like in the air, but we do concede sometimes. No, we, we concede a lot from crosses. The goal against Birmingham was a cross. We seem to concede a lot of crosses from down our right-hand side uh, or left, to be honest. They, they, they do seem to come from both sides, but it was the same against Birmingham. Um, so I'm going to go 2-1 Burnley. Um, hopefully, hopefully we... We don't concede early on, as I said, for, for the crowd thing. But yeah, I'm going up, so I'm looking forward to it. So I'm all kind of praying that we get a win as well. But I've been on, went on the Huddersfield game away from home, went on the Preston game and I went on the Wigan game and, and two out of three. Uh, we haven't lost one yet. Um, so fingers crossed I keep that record going. But what, what's your prediction?
0: I actually 100% agree with you. Um, I said this earlier in the week. Um, no one wants to get beat and I don't like predicting... A, Defeat against my team, but I've got no predictions right this year, so I guess it's by the bye. But I think two one. I, I, you touched on the big in the air thing. We're not um, without Stuart and Sims. We've got a bunch of five foot eight number tens. Some mm-hmm. of them smaller. Um, if if we open you up and we do score, it'll be from possession based play. Um, and and one of those midfielders getting in the box and deciding he, he can play up front for five minutes, but. Uh, I think we might score. Um, We've shown we're capable of scoring. Two decisions outside of the Blackburn game, we probably would have scored that penalty or could have scored the penalty and we wouldn't have conceded the goals we did because one was offside and one would have been not happening. So I'm confident we can score a goal. Um, I'm confident in the defence, but I just think you'll have too much. And there's only so much you can play when it keeps coming back at you and it does when you don't have a striker. And if, in my opinion, we're playing the best team in the league, I've got to be realistic and say that I think we'll probably get pipped. Our season's not going to be determined by games against Burnley, thankfully. Um I'd like to think we can get something, but I think without being defeatist, I think if we did get, say, a point or a win, it would be, you know, be a bonus. Um so I think we might get nicked.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Understand. I've just—I didn't realize this, but I'm just looking at the league table. This is more for the listeners rather than you, but I'll, I'll tell you anyway. Because I'm quite impressed with this. But we have scored the joint most goals in the league at 25 level with Bristol City. We've also scored 25, and we have conceded. The joint least on 13, uh, along mm-hmm. with Rotherham and uh, Birmingham, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so I'm quite impressed with that. I, I knew we'd started the season pretty well. Uh, I did. I was telling people on Twitter yesterday that to stop having a meltdown. And, you know, we're not as bad as people think <laughs> we are. Um, but again, if we win on Saturday, uh, we can go top of the league. But I, I normally say to people, this chat normally lasts around 25 minutes. But when people are good talkers it always gets <laughs> up quite hard. So you're a good talker, mate. Obviously, oh, yes. I, really enjoy, I really enjoyed the Swansea lad the other week. He, he's a nice lad, but Jesus, I asked him some questions and he was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, I alright fair do not know. Whereas <laughs> I think I asked you a question, that like four-minute answer, I'm like, oh, I can have this. Have yes, um, I'll always give you a yeah, lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, you,
2: can, you can tell you've got your own podcast, but just that's a perfect link just to let everyone know before we do sign off uh, where they can find you, where they can watch and listen to your content.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know sometimes it's really interesting to, to listen to an opposition perspective on your team and stuff like that as well. I, I personally really like that too. So if you want to listen, I'm, I'm on um, Twitter, just Graham Falk is my own personal Twitter and um, at what the Falk pod is the podcast Twitter where I have a bit more non-professional rant, shall we say. And yeah. what, what podcast is just on um, Spotify, it's on Apple, it's on YouTube, and we always do a, a review of the game, and I think um, we don't normally do this, but on Saturday, I think we're going to do, because for once, everyone who contributes is in the same place, we're going to do it before half-time, and then maybe afterwards, so we're going to do a, a whole day, which sometimes can be interesting to hear the different levels of emotion, so um, yeah, that's where you can find us, that's where you can find us. Yeah, thank you for that. I'll
2: definitely. I'm, I'm like you. I do like listening to other teams' podcasts
0: and stuff like yeah. that.
2: So I'll definitely dip in. Um, I don't know if you can hear him, but my little boy's just turned up, thank and you. it's a perfect time for me to wrap up. Anyway, I don't know if you heard him knocking the door, going, "Daddy, I need a wee." Daddy, I need a wee. That'll definitely ruin the <laughs> style of the podcast. Um, good chat mate, really enjoyed it. Probably one of the best talks this season so far. Uh, good luck for the season. Apart thank from you. Saturday, just a little bit gutted that you lost in midweek uh, at Ewood Park, but you know, can't okay, remember, can you- Yeah. Get him back. Get him back earlier, uh, later in the season, mate. But thanks for coming on. I very appreciate it, and I'll probably give you a bell um, for the, yeah, for, the, for, the for the game at the turf.
0: Please do, yeah. mate. and vice versa I'm Thank sure you have them in mind as well. It's spot on. Yeah.
2: Cheers, mate. Thank you.
0: Bye.
1: Sports social podcast network.
2: Bueno, nos vamos. Aquí tiene su cuenta. Espere. Diez mil dólares. Así es. Las cervezas, hamburguesas, salitas, postre, la multa por conducir borracho a casa, licencia suspendida, días de cárcel, días de trabajo perdidos. Ya sabe todo lo que involucra obtener un DUI. Bueno y lo que quiera dejar de propina. No pagues el precio de tomar y manejar. Te puede salir caro. Maneja tomado y serás arrestado. Un mensaje de Neza. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Hold up. What was that?